Hello Gen Xers, welcome back to the water cooler. Boy, there's so much nonsense going on right now. It's just another another crazy week and if you're like me, you are looking forward to the time when we can come here and talk about nonsense like our favorite 80s movie and, and music that we listen to that we're embarrassed about now. Um, but there's just so much stuff that just day by day, uh, so much stuff to pack in and talk about. Uh, let's start with the final uh, presidential debate uh, last week. And uh, if you're like me, you exhaled a sigh of relief that that nonsense is over. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, well, definitely in, in within a week, we'll, we'll be done with all this uh, stage of our nonsense. And and uh, we'll we'll live with the repercussions. But uh, as far as this final debate goes, it it was much different than that first uh, train wreck and that weird town hall separate uh, thing that we had to suffer through. And it was a little bit much more of like you would expect from a debate. Um, and, and I'll start by saying the first the moderator, uh, Kristen Walker. Um, she was biased for sure. Uh, normally, you would say that uh, she was terrible, but in this year, and compared to the, uh, the others, uh, Chris Wallace and and uh, and Stephanopoulos, and um, much much better. She, of course, that's like saying she was the uh, skinny kid at fat camp. Um, but she was at least functional. Uh, she was um, moderated things and and asked. Um, some follow up, and when they would run over her a little bit, she would give them a little bit of a time to finish their thoughts. Um, but again, clearly biased, um, clearly steering things one way, clearly hostile uh, towards one candidate, but much better uh, functionally, and and she she certainly deserves some credit uh, for that. Uh, overall, I think uh, President Trump did do well. Um, I think he clearly won. Uh, Biden uh, did not do well. I think he. Uh, performed like you would have expected Joe Biden to perform. And if uh, Trump had done that the first time around, I think he would be in a much better uh, position than he is now as we around the corner into a, the final week of the of the campaign. Um, but at least he he performed like a functional debater and was able to get his points across and and articulate things clearly and and uh, hit all the vulnerable spots that you would expect. Uh, Biden was just Biden. Uh, he was rambling. He was incoherent. He stepped on his, his uh, self qu- quite a bit. Um, but uh, when, when the first things, my takeaways from, from the debate, um, the point that Trump made, obviously, is that we need to open up the country. All of this this lockdown stuff did not work, uh, and, and and with all the panic over the spikes uh, recently, um, you know, I, I'm confused because we are in like day 226 of 15 days to flatten the curve. We are all wearing masks, we're sanitizing, we're socially distant, and now there's a new spike and and new causes for alarm, and and Governor Pritzker in here is shutting things down county by county again. I don't understand how this is going to help anything. How, I don't see how this is just going to make things worse and destroy the economy more and, and destroy people's businesses more. Uh, we have to open up. At some point, we have to get over the fear. We have to open up. And that was very, very apparent, the, the differences between the two, where Biden was talking about 
200,000 people more dying of COVID between now and the end of the year and not having you know, people at your dinner table and, you know, all the folksy crap that, that, um, that politicians like to get away with in these settings. Uh, and Trump was just very straightforward, say, listen, at some point we have to open up the country. You know, people are going to die from suicides and depression and um, so many other things. We have to open up. And you know, the, the main takeaway, the difference between the two, and that one stood out for me by far. And kind of along that same lines, the, the biggest stinger I thought of the debate was when uh, Trump said that Biden and Obama are why he ran in the first place. And he's right. And even more to the fact, uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden are the reason Trump won in the first place. By the time we were done with eight years of Obama, the the country and we Gen Xers in particular were tired of the partisanship. We were tired of the radical jump to the left. We were tired of the government seizing more control over our lives. And Trump came in as kind of this weird breath of fresh air. And there was a lot of enthusiasm for it. And even though the Democrats thought he was a joke, Hillary Clinton thought he was a joke and could not wait to run against him because he would be so easy to beat. The dude won because he had a message that was completely opposite of everything you hear. He didn't have the folksy uh, examples of some benighted person in the audience and how they were going to lose their health care and, and all this other nonsense. And at one point he, he said, this guy keeps talking about uh, uh, the dinner table, but he, he can't talk about core issues. And he just nailed him on that, that vast difference between the two. And he's right. He he. he is, he and Obama are the reasons why Trump ran. Um, that that's definitely something that that stuck out with me. Um, and the he really hit him hard on on fracking and and he gave, and again giving him a little bit of 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 slack to hang himself. And he even said that he was going to do away with the oil industry. Um, good luck with that, dude. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, it's I, there's. No, the technologies are not there to replace it, um, I, but you are welcome to float that out there. It's it's uh, it's a pipe dream. It's fiction, um, but and we know better. But uh, I, I would certainly think that places like Houston and in North Dakota and West Virginia and Pennsylvania and these states who generate a lot of energy and and depend their jobs and their their livelihoods on the oil and energy industry good luck on telling them you're going to you're going to take that away you can't just snap your fingers go to this clean energy and and act like everybody who works in the energy sector now will just simply transition over to these these fantastic non-existent efficient energy jobs good luck with that um i, I think that was something that was you know, certainly he stepped on himself uh, and and probably wish he could walk that back um but he put that out there and then also with uh tony Bobolinsky being in the in the audience you know the former um, business partner of the biden family uh, he was forced to address the hunter biden nonsense and the family money laundering that had been going on uh, for quite some time with them we'll, we'll get to a little bit more to that in a second but he was forced to to address it and he didn't he, he tried to he deny everything. He claimed that everything, that all of it's a lie, and um, a little bit more of the whole Russian uh, nonsense. Um, but uh, he, he certainly can't uh, hide from that. 
Um, also, as far as faux pas go, um, Biden claimed that he never uh, claimed xenophobia regarding China, which was laughable. Not only did he say it, uh, he tweeted it several times when Trump, very early on, I believe sometime in mid-January, restricted China uh, travel coming from China. Uh, he called it xenophobic, and we needed to avoid that type of thing. It was racist and, and all the predictable tropes that you'd expect coming from the Democrats or the media. And here we are when this thing blew up. That was obviously the prudent thing to do. And not only did he restrict travel from China, a couple of weeks later he restricted China, or travel from Europe. And uh, he was called xenophobic for doing so. And, and Biden in the debate stated vehemently that he never did that. Uh, yeah, we know better. Uh, we remember. We remember. And, and we have that well-documented. We're, we're not fools. Uh, he also claimed to be never, uh, never, or claimed to never say he was going to ban fracking, which he clearly did in, in Democrat debates and Democrat town halls leading up to his nomination. He said that over and over again. Again, that played to that audience, and they loved it, and the environmentalist group loved hearing that. Um, but again, those uh, folks who have jobs that depend on it are probably not too pleased to, to hear that. And also, as, as a case of, of a, a little bit of, of old person uh, on the brain, he referred to the Proud Boys as the Poor Boys. No, again, that's not that big a deal. It's just something that he, a little bit of slip of the tongue. But can you imagine for a second if, not even Donald Trump, but in fact, we did experience this. If George Bush had said that, if Dan Quayle had said that, if Mitt Romney had said that, what would the fallout have been for that? Remember what happened to Dan Quayle when he misspelled potato? They were all over him. He was a doofus. He was dumb. He was stupid. Since that for forever and ever and ever. And they never let him live that down. But of course, here, it's totally fine. And in fact, a few days later, and he was uh, stumping, he referred to President Trump as George. And the twisting around from the media to cover for him was embarrassing. Embarrassing, and again, that's something—a good example of the cynicism that we Gen Xers have. We know better. We can see through that crap. When this guy slips up and says George again, can you imagine if the tables were turned? We've seen it over and over again, and now you're going to let that slide. And they cover, try to say it was George Lopez. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He was talking about four more years of George Lopez. We can't live through four more years of George Lopez. <laughs> now let's go with that. I, I actually kind of like that. Let, let's, let's say we, we, <laughs> that's something we can all unite on is not having four more years of George Lopez. Oh, good gravy. Uh, let's see. Oh, at one point, uh, He's, he referred to Trump as Lincoln. I think he said something along the line of uh, uh, Lincoln over here is the, the most uh, most black president ever. It's something like that. It was. It, it's just funny. I mean, it, it's it's funny at this point. And and of course, probably my favorite fallout 
<laughs> from the whole thing when when uh, when Trump was talking about uh, immigration and and you know the illegal border crossings and he said you know the you know, coyotes are bringing uh, children over the border <laughs> and he had Twitter absolutely explode saying I, what is he trying to say coyotes bring kids over the border <laughs> <laughs> you even had this numbnut state rep from Georgia who tweeted it and was like dead serious. Oh my goodness. Do you idiots not have Google? <laughs> and even more, did you honestly think he was trying to state that a literal coyote, <laughs> not a coyote singular, coyote plural, are bringing kids <laughs> over the border? <laughs> Oh, we are just we we we've 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 just descended into madness. It's absolutely funny. But that that's kind of the, those are the takeaways from the debate. It was it was funny. It was humorous. It was, it was uh, a little bit more what again what you'd expect from a debate, which in itself was refreshing. And uh, we'll see how how things this impacts things, if at all, as we round the corner here for the the final week of the campaign. Um, going to the Hunter Biden tapes now, getting back to, to that stuff. Boy, that thing, this is, this is brewing. It, it seems like we're only, only scratching the surface on this stuff. Um, you know, the media is trying very, very hard. Twitter's trying very, very hard to censor this and say it's Russian disinformation. Um, it is clearly not. Um, these, this is well-documented, tangible evidence with, uh, emails with voice recordings and uh, the uh, all kinds of disgusting pictures of of Hunter and uh, you know doing doing all kinds of drugs and and all kinds of picture, pictures that we don't want to see of, of of his anatomy. Um, but it's and this thing it's only getting worse. Um, it just makes me question what else is out there. Um, we have to, to wait to see as, as more of this comes out and, and investigations are, are done till we know the, the full story here. But uh, certainly it, going into it, this does not look good for the Biden family. That It looks like this entire family, unsurprisingly, is not only corrupt, but they are very, very corrupt. Almost like kind of a very weird mafia for almost from like a movie you know, referring to uh, Joe Biden as the big guy and and uh, the the arm twisting that w went on between uh, Hunter and and uh, Jim Biden and and Chinese officials and Russian officials um, it, it it definitely does not does not look good and and in the normally in itself it, it certainly doesn't look good but the signs that everything points back to Joe are particularly damning and if he wins um, who knows the, 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 I can't imagine that this will go away although the Democrats and and the and the press will certainly want it to. But it's it's definitely not going away. We're only scratching the surface on that, and I think our, you know the takeaway also from this is he's not the only one. I, I think we would be fools, we would be naive, to think that he's the only politician in 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 D.C. who has engaged in this type of thing. Um, I'm I'm sure of 
you could point to any number of politicians on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, who have done this type of thing um, and, and abused their power and, and have benefited from it financially. And it only shows to, is more proof to me that we have way, way, way too many career politicians. Being a senator, being a state rep, should not be a career and you can see how when it the, they are, how corrupt they are. And they look to wield their influence and make money. And, and, and you can see how many of these officials um, probably waited a little bit more on the Democrat side, but who become wealthy after they get in office than they were before. Um, it's, it's disgusting. It, and it's, it, it corrupts the whole system. It corrupts the whole process. And it certainly um, makes me apathetic towards the whole thing. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but it, this, is, this is definitely not going to light, lighten up anytime soon. See, we also had the, that episode of 60 Minutes that aired. Uh, that was, was very humorous and um, I think it's very unsurprisingly, it seemed like that was set up to be a hit job on Donald Trump, not too unlike the the hit job that they did in I mean it was in 2000 with those forged documents saying that you know George W. Bush uh, dodged the draft and um, you know, it turns out that those were those were forged. They were done on Microsoft Word, and it was took very little time to prove it. Um, this seemed to be an almost the setting up the same type of thing. And, and I think the Trump campaign in their wisdom had, had videoed it and, and threatened to, to put the unedited footage out there to, you know, to show that, you know, Leslie Stahl was, was out there on a mission and, and it wasn't going to work. Particularly at one point when Trump was hammering on, on the Biden tapes and the laptop, how she was screaming, there's no evidence. I mean, there, there is very tangible evidence. It's we're only scratching the surface of it, but to to make that claim at this point is, uh, in my view, journalistic malpractice. I don't know how you could say that. It's one thing that you could say, it's things haven't been proven, and we need to investigate fully. That's a pragmatic approach to take, but to say that there is no evidence is either foolish or dishonest. And in her case, it's definitely dishonest. Um, but it was, it was brilliant for them to drop the footage. They took their legs out before they could even, even, uh, even put that out there. Uh, my other favorite portion of, of that was the, uh, creepy, uh, laughing of, of Senator Harris. <laughs> when, whenever she laughs, that's just a tell she's lying. You know, liars always have a tell and hers is definitely when she laughs because, in in her case, there was nothing funny to laugh at. You know, she was asked, you know, surprisingly, she was pressed a little bit on, and on, on her being the most uh, radical, radical left uh, senator in the Senate, and she responded by laughing creepily and talking about hip hop and just and it was just weird. Um, but yeah, she did that really creepy cackle laugh that that she does. Uh, it was it was certainly strange. Um, but you know, coming off of, off of that. You know, I, I'm just so tired of the media. I'm tired of the press. You know, it's, it's one of those examples that makes us Gen Xers so cynical because we can see 
the duplicity. We can see the dishonesty. And the fact that you try to sell it to us as being on the up and up is insulting to our intelligence. Um, there's no longer reporting of truth and fact. It's all opinion with a little bit of truth and fact laced in there. And it's 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 tough, I think, for a lot of people to see through it. And, and a lot of people, you know, you take it almost like a Pavlovian response and and respond to it as though it's fact. And, and it's not. And it's and it's it's gross. And and right now what we've we're seeing and have been seeing for quite some time is we have a group of people in media organizations who are openly campaigning for one political party. And that is illegal. That is fraud. That's something that is not allowed. Um, they can no longer claim impartiality and keep doing what they're doing. Um, we are not stupid, and uh, we we just we we can't act as though um, they are impartial. It's it's a joke. Um, but that's where we are, and and no wonder we have such um, such polarization because we have a sector in, in within our economy, within our culture, who is feeding that? They're feeding the sensationalism, they're feeding the division, and they are are propping up for their own benefit. And it's gross. And I'm tired of it. Um, I'm looking forward to this campaign being over just so you, it's not in your face so much. Um, you know, it's sometimes hard to get away from, but it right now you have to try really, really hard not to be inundated um, with this stuff right now, and it's just exhausting. Um, right before we wrap up here, I want to touch real quickly on the riots that are going on in Philadelphia. Uh, looks a lot like the riots that we saw for a good part of the summer that uh, magically seemed to quiet down as the presidential campaign hit their full swing. Um, but apparently there was another case of of a a black man who was killed by a police officer. In this case, it seems to be that th this person was um, charging the police officers with a knife and the police officer shot him. Now, as always with these cases, uh, you need to reserve judgment. You know, we have only gotten a little bit of information. It's hard to jump to a conclusion to one extreme or the other. You, you certainly can't say... He was completely innocent, and you certainly can't say that it was completely justified until you have all the facts. Um, because even in some of the more um, highly publicized cases that we've seen in recent years and months, there's always more to the story. And when you see you know the full you know body cam footage and witness accounts and so on, it tends to change the initial narrative that is put out there. So that being said, uh, there's a, another. Uh, man was shot and killed by police, and and now there are more riots. This time in Philadelphia, and they are destroying businesses. They're looting stores, and I can't, for the life of me, wrap my mind around what their point is, if they have a point. And to be fair, maybe they don't. Maybe their point is free stuff. Okay, it's I don't agree with it. I think that's illegal, but at least that would be something. Um, I can't, I mean, if, if you are framing this in the context that these are protests, I can't fathom what this is for and what point they're trying to get across. I mean, if they're trying to protest police brutality, um, that is a valid point to have. It's a valid point of view to have, 
But if you're going to riot, and if you're going to riot and call it a protest, you're going to lose me. I, I, I can't get on board with that. That's, you're insulting me. You're, I'm, I'm smarter than that. And I'm just not going to be on board. These are riots. They're not protests. Um, but we need to be stopping gaslit and hearing people define them to us as protests because that is nonsense. And there's a little bit of footage you've seen. If you saw um, some BLM protesters and Antifa protesters um, starting to fight each other. Um, I, I don't know what they got uh, going on, um, but these are two very radical organizations who are willing to be very violent, and uh, they are were fighting themselves even. So again, it makes me question what their point is in the first place. Um, but, uh, but here we are. And ultimately, at the end, I just want it all to stop. Um, I'm it probably will, you know, much like the COVID panic when once the presidential campaign is done, you know, that, that something else will happen to take our attention away and all that, that worry and panic will dissipate. But I just want it all to stop. And when you look at these two candidates, um, Biden is are completely in lockstep with all the rioters and he's happy with it and he thinks it, it benefits him. And Trump wants law and order, and he wants the the Democrat governors and the Democrat mayors to do their freaking job and stop this nonsense. Back to police, get some order established, punish those who have committed crimes, and get this all to stop. And I, I, I can't stand to see this this stuff glorified. I mean, even you know Hollywood is now glorifying it and, and taking up the mantle. Even this goofy episode of This Is Us had uh, Randall was was talking about it and it was it was just it was it was odd it was preachy uh, it, it, it I just I just stop I just want it all to stop I just want all the I want all the protesting to stop I want all the the rioting to stop and I, I certainly don't want any any more people to be shot and killed by police I, I hope I want all this nonsense just just to stop this it's I had enough I'm exhausted I'm I'm tired of it, and and uh, and it all seems to come back to a lot of rage because people don't like who it won a presidential campaign, and it's 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 strange, and I just I can't take any more of it. But luckily, Tuesday is the day. Uh, a lot of this is going to come to a head, one way or the other. And once it does, then the news cycle will move on. And a lot of attention to, that's been paid towards a lot of the nonsense we've gone through in the past eight to nine months is going to go away in, in rather quick fashion. Um, as far as pre predictions, um, say I will be voting Trump. It won't matter in the state that I'm in, but I will be voting for him. I did not vote for him four years ago, but I will vote for him now. I I want the economy back, I want the country open back up, and I want all the rioting to stop. And there's one candidate that will make that happen, and there's another candidate that would make it worse. And that's where I'm going with this. But as far as predictions, I th it's, it's very close. It's tough to say. But the Gen X cynic in me says that Joe Biden will win, and mainly because I cannot fathom a scenario where the Democrats will not cheat to win this thing. And my mind always goes back to 2012. And if you remember, um, the polling going, in, going into it, um, this was right on the heels of, of the Obamacare disaster and a number of other radical things that Obama had done. Um, he, his popularity wasn't nearly as high as it was four years prior. 
And in a number of battleground states, it was very, very close, you know, up or down a point or two one way or the other for, for Biden or for Obama and for uh, Mitt Romney. And in cases in, in when Election Day came in all those battleground states like North Carolina and Virginia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio and Florida and so on. All of these states that were either toss-up or slightly leaning towards Romney magically went Obama, and by a pretty hefty margin, like by seven to eight to nine points, um, Obama, which was really, really weird that the polls were off by that much, and it all in one direction. And in many cases, there were you saw these um, people were getting arrested for voter fraud in 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 these states i remember in one case in particular in in ohio i believe it was somewhere in some county in cleveland this county this district voted 100 percent for for obama and there were more votes cast than registered voters in that district you cannot convince me that that didn't happen all across the board, and I would be shocked if we didn't see a lot of that again this year, particularly with the push for early voting from the Democrats, particularly with the push for mail-in voting, which is, not, of course, different than absentee voting, um, but the, the mail-in voting that was pushed by the Democrats early on. Uh, and you know, you saw Project Veritas had had tape where they caught vote buying schemes in Minnesota, in Illinois district, and just recently they've been dropping videos where there are um, operatives, Republican operatives, even who are are going Biden, who are paying money or to or receiving money so that they can swing votes to Biden. Like if they deliver X many thousands of votes, they will get fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars from from these organizations. And the odds that these are isolated events are impossible. And again, I, again, it's the cynical Gen Xer in me, and I hope I'm wrong, but I I gotta imagine that with as badly as the Democrats want this, with as much as they hate Donald Trump, and with as much as they lust for power, that they aren't doing this in wide form across the board. If for nothing else, that they could get the popular vote again, and then they could try to do with the Electoral College. This is all part of the plan. I'm certain you have George Soros money going everywhere. And the fact, the odds that mass voter fraud and mass corruption is not going to happen, I just, I just would be shocked. In all those predictable battleground states, you're going to see a lot of that nonsense. And, you know, the, the press is all too fine with it and, and they hate Trump too. And so they will, they won't report on it. They won't care. They'll, they'll cover for it. And we will be looking at a a uh, weekend at Bernie's uh, president for a little bit until Kamala and her cackle can be put into office. I hope I'm wrong, but that's going to be that's my official prediction. If I re- if I had to put down amounts of money that matter to me, that's where I where I would put it. But who knows? Hopefully, I'm wrong. We shall see. Until then, uh, we'll we'll ride this out. We'll see how. How this Halloween weekend uh, progresses, if there are any other surprises, and and we'll we'll touch base next Tuesday, and we'll and we'll be here to break it down at the water cooler. Until then, stay cool, Gen X.